Hi, this is Tina Black, and this is the B Series Podcast. Today, we'll be exploring untold stories of transformation and leadership. We hope you'll subscribe and check out the B books and send us your stories of transformation after listening. Today is really special because I'm sitting here with one of my Palma to the School graduates, Monica Lynn Brown. And Monica has been in the beauty space for over 25 years. So I'm not going to give away your age today. Okay, Monica? Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. <laughs> Thank you for being on the podcast today, Monica. Oh, I'm very excited. Thank you. First and foremost, what I love about you the most, Monica, is that you have five children. Yes, you heard it right. Five children. And get this, all five of her kids begin with the letter A. Their names begin with the letter A, which I love. And two of them are twins. So I thought that was really awesome. So we have Angela, we who's 27, Andre the second, who's 20. Amber and Angel, who are, uh, you said 19, right? And then you have Andrew, yeah. that's 18. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I love it. I mean, talk about having kids back to back. Hello. <laughs> Ooh, yes, right. There was a big gap in there for a minute, but then once Andre came, then the, the other three just popped out right after the next year. So it was overwhelming, but I have an amazing support system and um, they were more, they were such a joy. They were such a joy to my life. I am the only child and I wanted a lot of children. Um, and I had to stop at the five, um, but I didn't want my kids to be um, only, only children like myself. Um, so I wanted to have that sense of family because I do have a big extended family, but I want it. It's nothing like having brothers and sisters. Aww, I love that. Yeah, you definitely sure took care of that, right? Being an only child yes. and you end up with yes. children. And yes. I love that you said they just popped out. <laughs> Yes, right, exactly. <laughs> oh, so this is awesome because now your children are pretty much grown. Of course, they're they're in their years of trying to figure things out, I'm certain. So I'm sure that comes with its own little struggle. I know my uh, children are still in their 20s as well, too. So I totally get that. But I really love the fact that they all assisted you in the making of your Breathe Enterprises that you've had since 2011. It's your Breathe Spa and Beauty Collection that actually heals the skin. And that was inspired by your daughter who suffered from eczema. That's amazing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yes. They all help. They all have their own individual um, specialty that I've taught them, um, each one of them, they, they do um, a specific task um, in making the product. So I can definitely count on them when they're here. Um, they're away at school, but when I need them, they just step right in and all hands are on deck. <laughs> it truly is a family business and that's that makes it all worthwhile isn't it and that's what I love about working with my daughter as well too and it's just so so special to be able to work with her in the in the business and you also attended Ohio State University University and you are a yes, for 
15 years. And of course, yes. you a graduate, a current graduate of Palm Beach School. And your current project is a wig line to focus on patients with cancer and hair loss. So I want to talk about that. And then you also attended Tech Town Retail Boot Camp and realized your dream of Detroit's first beauty bar in 2016. So I want to hear more about that. But you're also a recipient of the Detroit Development Fund and Detroit Women's Foundation. And you were featured on Fox 2, Channel 4, Crane's Business, After 5, Michigan Chronicle, and an official contestant of ABC Shark Tank. Hello, that sounds like a lot of fun. Let's talk a little bit about your, first of all, let's start with your current project here, Wigline, to focus on patients with cancer and hair loss. Well, um, that's something that is near and dear to my heart. If we could, if I can kind of double back and the reason how I even got there, um, when I, and how I got to Paul Mitchell, because it is so, um, it's so sensitive and to me, because um, hearing you say all of those things, um, it was so great. I was going through that whole process and I was thinking I was on the top of the world and I prayed to God like, Lord, this is my dream. This is what I want to have. And I started all this business with zero dollars and my concept was so great to other people. And, um, they were, they were willing to pour into me and they were willing to, um, when I pitched my idea to them, they was willing to give me the money to start this beauty bar up. And then when, um, it all happened, then it collapsed and I was down to zero and I lost everything. And I asked God why. And one day when I was driving home with all of my things that I could fit from down at the beauty bar in my car, I looked up and I saw Paul Mitchell and God, I heard the voice of God say, go in there. I was not going to, I knew I wanted to go back to a cosmetology school, but I didn't know when, I didn't know how. And when I went in, I wasn't trying to go in to go to, to do hair. I was trying to learn about skin and about the, how, about the follicles of hair, how hair moves and works because I wanted to add some products to my hair products and, and facial products to my uh, product line. So I needed to know the ins and outs of that. And then as I got into it, I still kept on saying to my learning leaders, I'm not doing any hair. I'm not, I knew how to do hair, but I was like, I would say, I'm not doing any hair. But I met a young lady. I got on the team, um, one of our specialty teams, and where we go out and we travel to different um, locations where we're doing, um, I did um, the uh, New York Fashion Week. I did um, Opera House. I did some plays and some fashion shows and on this team. And then there was a, uh, um event at the women's show. And I met an awesome young lady um, named Maggie from the owner of Wigs for Kids. And we got to talking and we connected on such a great level. And I saw what the, um, the transformation that was happening with the children and I felt their heart. And that's when I knew this is what I wanted to do. 
and we got to talking and she was like, I'll mentor you. And um, I have a certification course um, that you can get in. And it was, it was so much money, but she was like, we have scholarships. And then I got a call and said, well, you are a recipient of a scholarship, half from me and half from Paul Mitchell. And I took that class and I got certified and that just grabbed my heart. I knew this is what I wanted to do. I knew this is what I wanted to bless people because it's not about me. I knew that this is how God is using me to help other people because I saw, I told Maggie, I said, I want to give a wig. I want to donate a wig every month to a, a, a recipient. And when I go there and when I see their faces and the smiles that's on their faces and when I see that, that just warms my heart because I know that they're going through psychological, um, uh, different medical situations. And when their parents, when the tears fall and when, when we're in there crying and we're in there thanking God and, and the resilience of these children and just the smile that I can put on their face, that's all I care about. And that's how I got into wanting to be able to have my own wig line. And I did, I did a lady. And it's and it's very touching to me because I did. Um, she was one of my coworkers' grandmother, and she was in stage four cancer. And all of she was from overseas, and she could barely speak English. And she was like, "Can you please make my grandmother a wig?" And her daughters, they said, "I don't care how much money it is, I'll pay for it." And they showed me a picture of her, and when I tell you, I replicated that wig of her, and she, when I put it on her head, and she grabbed me so tight, I didn't understand nothing she was saying. But when she grabbed me, I felt it, mm. and that, that's the love of God, and that's what I want to portray to people, that that. I, that's 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 what I want to transfer to people and make them feel so much better. I know that they're going through a lot, and if I could just put a smile on somebody's face, that's all that matters to me. Yeah. So that's how I got into wigs for kids, <laughs> wigs for cancer and alopecia and hair loss. That's how I got into that. Wow, what an incredible story because Maggie Barney's such a dear friend of mine and I love the fact that Paul Mitchell schools across the country have been supporting her nonprofit. And and Monica, what I feel that this episode is gonna be called Be Supported because when you get supported, you start giving support. And it's just so amazing to hear the support that you've had. I mean, here you are, a mom of five children, and you've been supported with the Tech Town Retail Boot Camp and the Detroit Development Fund and Detroit Women's Foundation. And yet, even though there was some failure, um, I'm certain there was a lot of things that you've learned from it to move forward mm -hmm. with. Exactly. And exactly. the opportunities that you've had. Talk a little bit about that, about the support that you received from them. What exactly is that all about? How did you win that? So um, there was a young lady who said, uh, who saw my product and she was like, Monica, there is a retail boot camp down at Tech Town in Midtown. You should apply. And I, I looked it up and I read about it and um I put in the application, and it's for entrepreneurs um, who would. Um, it's a kind of a competition, and you. It's the eight-week course, 
and you go through different um different tasks and they teach you different uh, things about business, uh, business plans and introduce it to you to a lot of people. Um, and then at the end, they award you, uh, if you're ready, they award you different spaces downtown um, with uh, Dan Ferner and um, different things like that. And uh, there's other business opportunities, Motor City Match, where they, um, they help you out, and then they bring in other um, entrepreneurs that have funds for you. So at the end, um, I was required to to pitch to the Women's Foundation and the Detroit Development Fund, and um, in order for me to eat, for them to say, okay, well we like you, we're going to give you um, some funds to open up your business. And um, I, I pitched the idea of the beauty bar. Uh, I've been to different cities, and I saw that there were, like in New York and California, where there were beauty salons, but they look actually looked like a bar, um, but you were getting pampered. And there was music, and there was juice bars. Um, people can have parties there. Um, it's a fun atmosphere, but you're getting pampered. So I was like, man, downtown Detroit would be amazing for that. So I, they love the idea, and I was awarded um, a total of about $80,000 for build-out, um, for equipment, and different things like that, and um, business plan, plan being brought, um, being put together. And like you said, even though there was some failure, it really wasn't to failure. It was just a setup for success. I, I took everything that I learned from Tech Town, everything that I learned from being downtown. This is uh, this is my third salon that, that I had. Um, it was mo- it was mostly nails. Um, it was nails, pedicures, massages, um, and facials. Um, we didn't do any hair. It was more of a pampering, and we did a lot of parties, um, bridal showers, and different things like that, and it was just gorgeous. Um, but I had to close, and I had to close, and I learned a lot. Um, for one, downtown was very expensive, um, and parking was a lot. And we were busy, but it just was not meeting meeting what uh, the needs that I it wasn't I wasn't paying my bills, and literally I lost everything. Let I was stripped to zero from my car, from I mean everything, every money that I was pouring into, I was pouring into um into the, into the business, and my, everything at home was just was just down to zero. But I learned it made me stronger. It made me stronger. It made me wiser. It made me to reinvent myself. It, 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 it got. I got up. I may have fell down, but I got back up swinging because I knew that I had twelve rounds to go, and I was not giving up. And I thank that opportunity there for being at Tech Town, learning all of that, um, learning, um, learning from the Detroit Development, learning from the Women's Foundation. I. I thank God for that opportunity because now I learned from that and moving on to my next venture. Yeah. 
that that's amazing. And I love the gratitude in your voice. And I just love the fact because it is, I always say failure is my friend and I learn more from failure than I do from my successes. Absolutely. And I just think that's so amazing, Monica. And just the fact that, uh, the fact that you continue to get support and you're always reaching out to somebody to support your dream. And here you lost everything. I mean, that mm-hmm. could have, that had to be so hard on you. I can imagine the, the torture that you went through. And I know I coach salon business owners all of the time. And I know, trust me, I know the blood, sweat and tears that goes into mortgaging homes, mortgaging everything, using everything you can to pay uh, off all of the debt and everything that happens in the beauty business, because it's not an easy business to be Mm -hmm. in. And so you've just been so courageous and talk through that process. What was that like, you know, just, you know, losing everything, what happened, uh, in, in those moments and time, those dark moments before you dug yourself out of that Valley. Wow. When I tell you, when you, when I tell you riding from a, a, a complete high, um, go, being on, um, television, being on, being featured in different magazines, having Vivica Fox host my grand opening. I mean, I was riding a high for, I mean, for months. The the buzz, the buzz was buzzing about this beauty bar downtown, Monica Brown, Monica Brown. And then to get there, work for some months, and then to have it all stripped away. For one, I felt humiliated. I felt embarrassed. I felt like I was a failure. I literally wanted to go into the corner and ball up and say, I'm done. I've I've had so many other businesses and I, oh, okay, they feel I just go back up and I do it again. But this I thought was my dream. This was it. And then to have it stripped away, but what but what pushed me through, what got me through is God and my children and my family. They that when, when I, I, I heard that and 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 when I when I was driving home with every with what I could fit into my car piled up and I couldn't even see and the tears were flowing, my belly was aching. And this is a car, my car had been repossessed, my car. My grandmother passed away and she had a car and we was driving that and I had given that to my daughter. So that wasn't even in my car. And I just felt like, wow, my kids saw me, how they were experiencing this joy ride. And then now they see nothing. And I, I was, I didn't want them to see that. But I said, you know what? There's always a lesson to learn in this. I'm gonna turn this situation around, but that was a dark place. But I, but I couldn't stay in there long. I couldn't stay in there long because if I stood in there long, I don't know how I could have got out. Would have gotten out. But I, but it was nothing but the grace of God. Because He gives you so much grace, He gives you so much mercy, and He tells you to, to don't quit because of His love and 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 in your faith. I had to trust him. That's when I had to trust him more. That's when my faith had to go into overdrive and say, you know what? I can do this. And that's when I I came back. I went to Paul Mitchell. And I'm the oldest person there, the first class to graduate. 
And I was just like, wow, I'm really doing this. And people questioned what I was doing. They was like, what are you doing? I was like, I, I just had to ask God to order my steps. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I, I just can't even imagine um, what you were going through. And you actually bounced back a lot quicker than I did because I had that 10 years after my failure, I had lost over $100,000 in my first salon. And in 10 years, I was just, I was in that um, blame game. Monica for 10 years mm -hmm. I was just blaming mm -hmm. anything and everything uh about my failure because of my own shame and my own humil humiliation as well and then finally just someone breathing life into me that's why I love the name of your spa the breathe <laughs> breathing mm -hmm. life into me mm -hmm. breathing that dream back in and and just hearing your story of d driving up to our brand new school in Farmington Hills, Michigan. Now I know why we had to build that school. That was for you, Monica. Yes, it was for me. It was for me. Really? Yes. <laughs> yes. I love that. And, and it's so amazing to see the transformation happen so easily. And just the lessons that your children got to learn from that, they're going to learn more from that failure than ever if you ever had a complete success through that process. So I just think it's absolutely beautiful because I truly believe that transformed people transform people mm -hmm. and especially yeah. our family. And the, the fact that you had such incredible support from your children and your family, because I don't think that always happens, right? So talk mm -hmm. to that person yeah. right now that, that owns a business as an entrepreneur that's ready to. I always, and my parents will always say this, when, when darts are coming your way, when things are coming at you real hard, real hard, you just, and, and you choose it to the devil. The, the devil, he's, he's beating you, he's beating you down. He's coming at you. But when that happens, it's almost a good thing because you know on the other side is greatness. Because if, if it wasn't coming at you real hard, some, something, something is about to break. Some, you're pregnant with something. It's like when you're pregnant and, and you're feeling all of that pain. But you know that when that pain is over, you're going to have an amazing bundle of joy. And that's how I felt. And that's how you should feel when you're feeling that pain. You're feeling like when you give, when you give up. But if you just keep pushing. If you just keep pushing, and once you get to 10, you you at one, you dilate it to one, but once you get to 10 and it pops out, then there there it is. It, it, it's amazing. So I just I just tell everybody to keep pushing. Keep your head up. Keep above ground. I know it gets hard. I know always read. Never be the smartest person in the room. Um, listen to some inspirational music. Um, dance about it. Keep your faith up. Laugh. Do all those things, and it'll it'll get you through it. It 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 will definitely get you through it, and that's that's what got me through. Wow, where did that come from, Monica? Where did you get that the fight from? Because I love your fight that you have, and I feel like you get up a lot faster than most people uh, when you have failure. Where where did that come from? That fight comes from my mother and my father, and it comes from me praying, my prayer life, me reading my, the Bible, me having a relationship with God. It, that's that's the key. Your relate my relationship, mm -hmm. and that that that's that's where the the fight the fight comes comes in. I fight and I fight because I fight because my kids, my kids make me fight too. 
because I want them to, I want to give them the best. I want, I want to show them how to never give up. And there's going to be some obstacles, but ne- never give up. And, and if they see me giving up, then what are they going to do? But if they see me keep fighting, they're my driving force. Mm. That's, that's where it comes from. But do, have you always um, been a believer in Jesus or was that something that happened later in life? And where did, how did you find out about becoming a believer? Always. I've been born and, ra- born and raised in the church since I was a baby. And my family is, 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 is born and raised in the church. Yeah. Did I slip away? Yeah. When I went to college, you know how we, we, we tend to let it go and we want to do our own thing, but there's something that always bring you back. And, and, and so many things brought me back and I was like, I'm, I'm never letting go. Yeah. Yeah, talk to that uh, person right now that's in college and is kind of, um, in fact, the interesting thing is, is that's when I found the Lord was in college. Mm -hmm. I was so Mm -hmm. lonely and so isolated. And that's when I got introduced actually to the Lord. And so mine was just the opposite story because I didn't know anything about him growing up, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's just kind of interesting. But talk to a person right now that, that is a believer and goes to college and falls away, you know, call them back. What what do you what advice do you give? So that college student, and at my church we have a strong college ministry, and I witness this all the time with college students coming and they're searching, and uh, we have a college a ministry where we go on to the campus and have Bible study, and just from my um, experience um, of being in college. And seeing and being exposed to so many different things and some, some, a lot of bad things that you can make these different choices, um, not good choices. And I, well, my kids went off to college and they're in college now. And when I tell them, and I'm talking to you, college student, you know, you have to stay focused. You have to um, you know, read your Bible, um, you know, get with a good, good Bible-based church, or there's a, there's campus ministries that's there. Um, if you feel like you're alone, you feel like you are, um, you're searching, um, sometimes the books get so hard and you don't know who to talk to, you know, find that campus ministry and talk to somebody and have them pray for you. And I know sometimes we slip off because we there's peer pressure um, that I want to try this. I've been there. I've done that. I want to try this and try that. But, you know, come, you got to come on back. You got to come on back. You have to, you know, those things are not good for you. And and you just have to keep that prayer life, keep, keep, keep that relationship and get that relationship with God back. And he'll bring you on back because he always have welcome arms to open you back. Yeah. Yeah, I think the call is so great to want to follow um, everyone, you know, and and so one of the books that my daughter and I uh, just wrote together, it comes out next year, it's called Be Uncommon, Mm -hmm. and how Uh to stay away from the commonality of people, and Mm -hmm. I know college has that pull. And, and so I was thinking about that because I know quite a few kids that are in college and I've seen, you know, them pretty much kind of go off the deep end 
in certain areas of their life. And I love that you said, you know, get into campus ministries because there's so many incredible campus ministries and getting around mm-hmm. people. And I like to say higher minded thinking people, right? And so exactly. being supported is just so important. The other thing that I love uh, that you talked about earlier, because you're giving some ideas of how not to quit, because that's the advice that I keep hearing over and over and over again uh, from different people on my podcast. They keep saying, just don't quit. (laughs) And and they say it because they come from a place of, I almost quit, right? I almost quit. And, And so talk through that process a little bit more, Monica, because I think I feel like someone is listening to this and I know so many people uh, that just, they quit, right? And we even think about our Paul Mitchell schools. I don't know if you know this or not, but the cosmetology schools nationwide, no matter what cosmetology school it is, there's 35% drop rate. People just Mm -hmm. quit. And we know, and you and I know, when our students start, I mean, they're really passionate. They really feel like this is their calling. But cosmetology school isn't as easy as I I think what most people think it's going to be. It's, you know, they think, oh, you know, just how hard could it be to cut style and color hair? And and Mm -hmm. I'll I'll tell you how hard it is. I had to quit doing it because I was that bad. But I realized (laughs) I was really good in the business space and Mm -hmm. doing hair. And so it is hard. And, And I guess that right and so but they quit and and so talk through that process why do you think that is and talk a little bit more about how not to quit well we go in we go in with these expectations like you said of um oh this is easy you know how how how, um hard is it to do a haircut or how hard is it to color some hair, someone's hair or style someone's hair or apply some makeup. Oh, it seems easy. I see other people do it or I go on YouTube and do it. But once you get in the meat, the meat of it all, and there's certain ways that you have to move your hand and move your elbows, stand up straight, um, go across the color grid and, and cancel this out, cancel that out. And then you start thinking, this is too hard for me. Mm-hmm. I can't do this. I can't. And it's it's that it's that man in the back of your head that said, "I can't do this." Tell you or this that voice that you're hearing, "I can't do it. I can't do it." But there is a reason why you have to look at your why. That's so important. Why do you want to do this? Obviously, you must have seen something inside of you that. You wanted to do this. You wanted to make people feel good. You wanted to make people look good. So you have to pull out that why. And then once you start writing out all your whys, I write write it all down. Write write your whys down. And your whys are greater than your nose. Mm-hmm. Then you just keep then 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 you just keep going. You keep going, and then you use that to as your driving force, as your fuel to keep going. Don't sputter out. You just keep going. You let your why be your fuel, and then and then once you once you get focused, stay focused on that. Then you will look up and you done graduated. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I love that you said let your why be your fuel. That's really mm-hmm. powerful. And in fact, I just did a class at the Farmington School for Day and Night School, Monica, uh, not too long ago. And we really drilled down hard. I mean, hard. If you ask the future professionals right now, you would say, yes, she was hard on us and drilled down 
what, you know, for a deep why. And I actually had them vote on who they thought in the class had the biggest why. And the reason why mm -hmm. I did that, Monica, was because I really wanted to show them that some of them had too shallow of whys. And their whys were mm -hmm. going to be so shallow that it was going to cause them to quit. So they had to drill down a little bit deeper, peel back the layers to find their why. Talk through that process because I think that I don't care what business you're in, when you lose your why, it's everything's gone. That's when you quit. That's when you retire. Right? And I always say, why have a job that you retire from? Like, why don't you just mm -hmm. choose a job that's your calling that you want to do the rest of your life? I always joke and say, I'll probably just die at my desk. You know, hopefully I'll be right. 25 years old, but I'll still be doing the same thing that I'm doing now because I know it's my ministry. I know it's my calling. I'm called to do this. So talk through that because what's your why, first of all, and how can someone like really, really drill down to find a deeper why? My why is to help to, to create this story, to tell my story. I can easily come to the school and talk to some of the girls and share my story because my story is deep and I could have easily given up. So if I can do it, what makes you, what makes you so where you can't do it? Because if I can do it, you can do it. With five kids, a husband, with, with zero, with no car. I, I had no car going to Paul Mitchell. I got with some of the girls there, and they was driving me back and forth to school, picking me up. Or my daughter would drive me off because she had to go to work. My husband, he, he had to get off work early and come pick me up. Even the learning leaders would take me home, but I kept going. Mm. Powerful story. Those that's, were my wives. That's so amazing. And and I had one other future professional uh, years ago, Monica, that we didn't even know until the day she graduated that she was actually homeless the entire time that she was a student. And mm -hmm. we didn't even know it until she graduated. She didn't want anyone to know because she didn't want anyone to feel sorry for her and it was right. unbelievable and like your story is so incredible because I can tell you majority of the future future professionals that do quit our schools it's because they don't have a car they don't have transportation or whatever the reason right there's always a reason but I believe it's more or less because their why is not big enough because when the why mm -hmm. is big, the how is easy. And so you really have to drill down. And that's why I spent so much time with those future professionals, the morning and the night class and really drilling down. And so I love the fact that you talked about that, Monica, because talk about uh, what is your future plans? What are you doing now? And what's your future plans? Ooh, I have so much, so much good stuff going on right now. And it's because I kept pushing. Uh, right now I work at, um, after I graduated, um, this is this is crazy because after I graduated, I went and took my practical immediately. I took my theory right after that and I failed my theory by one point. One point. I was devastated. Devastated. And I'll tell you, that test that I took, I was like, I didn't learn that. What was it? Where did this come from? What was that? What? What? I was like, oh my god! I was, I was like blown away, and I was like, oh no! Nah. And the kid, man, my kids rallied behind me, and they were like, mama, you got this. 
I went, I went, took my little black book and I wrote on every uh, flashcard and I went through that. I was every answer. And when I went and took it back again, I passed it with flying colors. And I tell you, that gave me more motivation to want to do what I wanted to do. I, I because I could do nails, I um went into a little salon and I um paid some booth rent, got some clients coming back in um that I had my old clients. But then I was like, no, I don't want to do do this like this anymore. I did this long time ago, so. Um, a young lady from JC Penney's called me because she had came up to the salon. Uh, she saw my work. She said that we needed a nail tech, and she said you can do hair too, and then you can get um, benefits and different things like that. So um, I'm working at JC Penney's um, hair salon right now. Also, I am um, I work with Maggie, and she's mentoring me to do um, to open up a facility in Florida like she has um, with the wings for kids. And um, I am also going to go back to school to Paul Mitchell to get my um, instructor's license. And I, when I went back up there the other day, I saw that there was a need, and we talked about that, because there's not a really strong nail, pro, uh, nail tech that's there, that's teaching them just strictly on nails, I would love to do that. I would love to really help them because nails is huge now. And um, I do the dip, which is healthier, and I'm going to have my own dip line. I would, And I would love to teach them that. And I, I do acrylics. I do everything else, too, as well. Um, I would love to, to teach that part and teach and motivate and to help them realize what is their why so they can keep on going, they can go to bigger and better things. And with the um, hair loss, um, hair restoration, I am in the process of doing a, putting together a reality show um, that's going to go around and we're going to bless um, recipients that have hair loss situations, not only them, but their family, and not just outer, but we're going to focus on the inner as well. Psychologically, health-wise, spiritually, we're going to help the whole person and help them realize and deal with the, the, the hair loss situation because a lot of them have had hair and then all of a sudden it's just gone. So there, and then, and that could be from alopecia, that could be from a burn victim, that could be from trick, that could be from cancer. So there's a lot of things and I want to help them wholly because like I said, it's not about me. And from that, I want to do conferences that talk about hair loss and hair restoration. I want to write a book about it. I want to teach classes on, on that process of how to, um, you know, have the units and hair units for men and women and children alike. So all of that failure brought mm -hmm. all of this. And when I say success, my son asked me the other day that's in college, he asked me, he said, Mom, what is your definition of success? And I, I thought, I, I figured the reason why he asked me that is because he must have been have to write a paper about it. So I said, you know what, success is not how much money you have, it's not how much uh, or, or what name brand you have. It's all about helping somebody else and being happy. So that failure that I had, that huge failure, that caused this success that I'm going through right now of helping people. And it all came through 
poem Mitchell the School. When I first started, my book, Be Amazing, came apart uh, as I used to do a class, Monica, for our students every time uh, we would start a brand new class in our schools. And it was called Tina's Success Class. And then mm-hmm. the students would always ask me, is this a book? Is this in a book? And here's me. I'm like, no, I'm not an author. And then, of course, four years after they started asking me that, I decided to write the book. And now I have this B series, which only God could have. Uh, you know, orchestrated in my life. But Mm -hmm. I would ask people, what's your definition of success, Monica, for years? Mm -hmm. And I would have all of the future professionals, you know, write it down. And it was pretty much like money, making money, you know what I mean? And it was kind of scary what I was hearing. And I thought, well, I really want to start shifting mindsets because it isn't about Mm -hmm. money. You know, I'm around a lot of people with a lot of money, and right. I do a lot of a lot of ministry. I do a lot of um, overseas um, uh, mission trips, and I actually mm-hmm. people. I've, I've I found people in Haiti, Africa, Mexico, Costa Rica. I found some people in the most destitute areas of the world mm-hmm. that America mm-hmm. doesn't even see. Right. So these mm-hmm. destitute areas and literally eating mud. Okay, literally eating mud, no refrigeration, yep. no electricity, just yeah. nasty. And but they're happier than us. Yes. Happier yes. than us with all the money in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and so I just was drilling down, drilling down, thinking, what is success to me? Like I really had to get alone and to really be with myself. And I said, you know what? Success to me is what my kids say about me. And that was Mm -hmm. years before God breathed on me and said, Tina, leadership starts at home. Leadership starts at home. And, and I mean, I've watched so many people in my life, right. Where they're so successful out there in the business world and their whole family is falling apart. Their marriage, the relationship Mm -hmm. with their kids. And I said, no, 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 no. I will not allow that to happen. I have to break that. I don't want that curse over my family. Mm -hmm. It starts with me. And Mm -hmm. that's when I said, you know, transformation begins in me. That's when I started learning through the John Maxwell team. And I said, success is what my kids say about me. And I believe, I really believe that God gives us kids to help mold us and shape us. And we think we're, um, the purpose is for us to mold and shape them. I think it goes both ways. I really do. I think so too. Yeah. They can yeah, be because it changes you. It changes you. It, change you. it makes you a better person. It, it, it makes you more conscious of what you're doing, you know, what you want them to see. So with all of that, it, it's helping you as well. So yeah, I definitely believe that. Well, your kids see see everything about you. They know everything about you. They, they know what you don't know. <laughs> they see your blind spot, right. right? And so, whereas you could be in business and all your staff sees is all the good parts about you, but they don't see you in the darkest places. And so right. my kids always call me out like, Hey T, you know, um, you always, you know, you need to be coachable right now. Cause I need to share something with you. <laughs> and they're right and I am I'm super coachable and the kids always know that they can come to me and they have safety with me and I'm not going to get mad at them and I want to listen 
them. And, and I think um, my daughter and I, when we wrote the book, Be Uncommon, you know, the power mm -hmm. of legacy and how God created us to live a champion spirit. And basically that we need to listen to our kids. You know? Yeah, we do. We do. Mm -hmm. We do. I, 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 I had to realize that too. I, I needed to sit back and listen and hear what they're saying. I, I, I really had to because my, one of my, one of my twins just struggled with. Um, she thought that she wanted to commit suicide because she was getting bullied because um, she, they're they're sports fanatic. They they can play sports really well, and the girls was bullying her because she wasn't that girly girl, and she was really good in sports. So she felt like she wasn't good enough, and and um, and I I didn't see that coming, and she testified that in church and she testified that how God, um, how she prayed to God. She said she put God through the test and was like, God, you got to bring me out of this. And when she did that, and, and I'm, I'm sitting there going like, wow, I need to be more engaged. And I thought I was really engaged, but I need to be more engaged with them because I, I would have, that would have taken me out of here if that would have happened because I'm thinking I'm so close to them but I need to hear, I need to sit down and, and hear what they're saying. Right. So, you know, that's why we really have to love on our kids and try to talk to them and try to be there and, 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 and watch and ask God for the spirit of discernment. So you so he can, you know, talk to you and let you know, Hey, something is going on here and show you some signs. I was just talking to somebody the other day and, and just really, really just disconnecting and unplugging and just listening for God's voice in the quiet, right? And even in the car, mm -hmm. you know, turn everything off and just start talking. Yeah. And, and don't get so frustrated with the traffic. Enjoy the traffic so that you can actually spend more time with God. <laughs> right, exactly. I love it. And I, I love that you said that about journaling too, because I really attribute, you know, uh, my uh, uh, coming out of my depression through really, really journaling. And now mm -hmm. today I teach authentic journaling and how to, because a lot of people that I coach, Monica, they sit there with a, uh, with a book and a pen and they don't know what to write. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. It's amazing. And, and if I coach them and I say, okay, you have two minutes and don't judge what you're going to write, just write anything and everything, everything you're challenged with, everything you're happy with, whatever it is, the first thing that comes to mind, don't judge what you write. You have two minutes to write. I think it's almost like the pressure of having to mm -hmm. write then and there, all of a sudden it just starts to flow. And it's just amazing. Right things just start to come out and it's just so important because that's probably the first thing that I do when I coach people because I want to help them. And one of the first things I learned from my first coach is write down 100 things that you love. And they're like a hundred and they start writing and, and they get 10. And I remember doing this, I had 10 and then I was stuck. And then all of a sudden it just, I don't know, the dam broke open <laughs> and I started writing and I had more than a hundred things. And, and mm -hmm. it, I don't know, the flow of the pen, and it just kind of opened up um, my psyche to think more positive, right? And the gratitude right. just started happening as well, too. And, and, and I love that. So really, really get the support that you need. Just be supported, right? Just reach out to people, whatever it may be. And there's so many really cool, even Facebook groups. I do a lot of online masterminds, and I, I tell you. Oh, yeah. 
a lot of, and you've been on some of them, and it's just so awesome because we're connected with like-minded, higher-minded people to think, you know, higher thoughts because it's it's so hard out there. So many people are so negative and mm-hmm. so um, critical of people. Right. Want to be around those types of people so to find someone like you is just few and far between through that process so what other advice do you have as we close out this podcast monica of how to be supportive so that you can be successful well you know positive mindset positive thinking affirmations get up in the morning and speak those things speak whatever you want to do in life speak it words have power speak nothing negative always speak life speak life 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 and do daily affirmations in the morning look at yourself in the mirror say i'm beautiful i'm wonderful i'm fearfully and wonderfully made i'm amazing it's going to be a great day it's going to be an awesome day say those things and those things it will happen trust and believe i say it all the time i I say what i want I say what I want, and I'm going to tell you, it it comes to pass. It may be a a role, but like I said, I'm building my own roadmap, and my own road with my building my own map so I can help somebody else to build their map too. I love that. I, I love how you said that. And, and, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking about when you said, you know, ask people to mentor you. And I think, um, you know, when you do ask someone to mentor you, make sure that you utilize their time wisely and that yeah. you follow through and that you hold yourself accountable to that because that could actually work against you when you start asking right. someone to mentor you. And so talk through that process because I know, Monica, that you want to mentor so many people and I mentor people too, but I would have to say 99% and it's kind of sad that's 99% of the people that ask me to mentor them don't follow through. And so they exactly. just like either forget to contact me. I don't know what it is, right? Um, but they don't follow mm-hmm. through with what they say they're going to do, right? So they kind of, they could just quit. You know, it's kind of like going to the gym, you know, they'll, they'll join a gym in the first three months. You know, we got January coming around, right? The New Year's resolution. Mm-hmm. And then all right. of a sudden, the, the third half of the year, they're not in the gym. You know, same thing as getting mentored. So talk to that process. What's, what does it take to be a good mentee? Well, I'm guilty of that. I, I I can say that I'm guilty of that because we start, we, I, you know, I said, I want you to mentor me, Tina. I want you to mentor me. And um, so many roadblocks came in the way, or maybe there was a call that was missed or something that was missed. And, and I, I had to regroup. I had to regroup and I had to get some things in order. And I had to say, Hey, and I said, let me just reach back out and let me just get things in line so I can stay on the path that I wanted to start in, in the beginning. So sometimes you have to, as a as a mentee, you have to, you know, stay focused, stay laser being focused. I know some things come, you know, may come in your way, you know, and then you just got to get back up and just say, okay, as as I would want to tell my mentor that as I'm telling you, as me being a mentee, I'm telling you, Miss Black, that when you see me falling by the wayside, put a slap, as I could say, have your strap back and slap me back on the, in, uh, in, 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 in the line and say, come on now, girl, 
then you know, get get fall back in line. Don't fall, don't fall out. Now I know this is something that you want to do. So you know, it's just being accountable. You know, having accountability um, and really going after it. You know what what you what you want because I do. I don't want to. I want to take those failures and turn them into successes. So God can get the glory out of it, and I can help someone else. So that's how I feel. Yeah. And I think, yeah, you're right. So get supported. So be, be supported, right. But be Mm -hmm. a good mentee in the process. And I think, you know, it just goes back to, you know, how do you manage your time and what do you do? You have a good system. And that's why I wrote be a planner because I didn't have a good system before that. I had about five different planners. I had my Google planner. I, it was just all over the place. And I realized I need Mm -hmm. to one spot that I'm always going back to it and re-looking at it and reassessing my day. And I'm constantly messaging my directors. Okay. What's the schedule this week? And then each day I don't want to miss a meeting. (laughs) And so as a man, you know, let's say uh, do what you say you're going to do. Let's say, um, you know, you're, you have Monica, uh, mentoring you. And so Ma- Monica tells you, makes, you know, uh, what, when do you want to have this project done? And the mentee says by Saturday at three o'clock. And so uh, put it in your calendar. And then that mm-hmm. way, then in there, and you're reminding yourself to look back at it and make sure it's a good calendar system that you actually look at on a daily basis. <laughs> right, right, right. Then in there. <laughs> so exactly. part of it so be supported and be a good supportee <laughs> right 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 love it it's so good this is so good monica what yes. piece of advice do you have for people as they're listening well i i really i really want to my whole life my whole mission in life is to tell people no matter what um industry you're in um you can be in an entrepreneur you can be a student you can be um a teacher whatever profession that you're in there there are going to be some some travesties or different things that, that life is going to bring you and i would just say find you a a good support system, find you um, some, some quiet time, find you some something that makes you happy, something that's going to push you, find your why, and, and never give up, give up on that and keep going. So you can be a role model and help somebody else because this life is not about you. You got to think about that. It's about others. It's about helping others. And when you grasp that, grasp that in your mind, things are just going to flow. And I, I was always taught to never chase money because when you chase money, it'll never come. Just be, just chase your, chase your dream, chase, chase your passion, and it'll follow you and it'll come to you. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to send us your stories of transformation through www.tinablack.net. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to give it a rating and subscribe. See you next time.